you to hurry up now Cause I can't wait much longer I know I got to be right now Cause I can't get much stronger Man, I've been waiting all night now That's how long I've been on ya Thank you for listening to the Daily Sports Report On 88.3 FM Ann Arbor Where the puck drops here Let's get lost tonight You could be my black Kate Moss tonight Play secretary on the ball tonight And you don't give a f*** what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior Damn, they don't make them like this anymore I ask, cause I'm not sure Do anybody make real anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness Cause right now that has forsaken us You should be honored by my lateness That I would even show up to this thing So go ahead, go nuts, go ace Especially in my pastel on my paper Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel Homie, take six and take this, haters Hi, this is Maggie Estep and I'm doing a legal station ID I, I'm not sure what's legal about it, but so here it goes You're listening to um, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, legally I'm not a normal girl Oh, but I think that's supposed to be a good specialty, so I should be happy, right? I should count my blessings. Anyway, the point of all this is you're listening to WCDN, okay? This is Governor... Oops. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello, Governor Anglin. How are you doing, Sam? Yes. Yes. Hello? But uh, so, but a lot, of, a lot of the policies that have taken and, and been enacted, though, a lot of times, though, have been uh, basically to save the taxpayers of Michigan uh, money. Basically, though, is that is that the, is that correct? No, to help people. No. To get anybody slip through the cracks in this, though. I mean, do you no, think- I don't. Well, no, it's hard. I mean, these families, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, it's not easy to get on welfare either. Yes. I help a couple mom and mom and dad are going through here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go through that. Mm-hmm. I better study. Mm-hmm. I better not get pregnant. Yeah, I better I- not make anybody else pregnant. Yeah. I better, you know, I better mind my business here, and I better, mm-hmm. I better work hard. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing is a um, a system today that's just helping a lot more people, and the professionals in the field mm-hmm. are are really rejoicing over their ability to help more folks. John Engler, and you're listening to WCBN FM. Hello. One more time. Yeah. If he treated his own children like he treats the children of this state, mm-hmm. he'd be in jail for child abuse. That's One more time. This is Governor John Engler. You're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Well, uh, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. My partner, Jim Dwyer, is having fun with the family tonight. So uh, I call those family obligations, so uh, we'll see him next week. They're skating down at Joe Louie, which is open to the public. So put on your ice skates if you're out and about and go down to Joe Louie. And Joe Louis Arena, of course, is where the Red Wings play. And uh, I guess the ice is open to the public tonight. I don't know that the weather is... (laughs) Well, that's salubrious for uh, ice these days, but uh, winter will be here before we know it. In any event, uh, you know, what's John Engler doing now? Well, 
I actually heard tonight on the radio that he's uh, working for the American Manufacturers Association as some sort of a public relations slash lobbyist type. And uh, one wonders where the accountability is there because uh, American manufacturing has been damaged heavily by uh, all sorts of uh, trade policies, uh, tax policies that are just not being addressed, and the structural problems of the American economy continue to be uh, ignored in this uh, sort of uh, festive season in which everybody's talking about how great the Tea Party is. Well, we beg to differ. Anyway, lots of brain damage awards to go out tonight. Uh, and uh, we'll focus on a few uh, important issues uh, that are affecting our nation. Uh, just let's dispense with the quick stuff. Sam Alito went to a fundraiser for the American Spectator and did not regard this as a conflict of interest, so he gets a brain damage award. As for George Bush uh, doing the talking book-selling circuit tour that he did last week, uh, of course, while Obama was abroad in uh, Asia for economic talks, uh, economic summits, uh, bilateral discussions, etc., and probably a little R&R, Bush is out uh, trying to continue to conflate the weapons of mass destruction with the war in Iraq and the invasion of Iraq and the continuing belief in his mind that uh, he doesn't care what history thinks. He made the right decision. And he doesn't care and claims that he was, uh, it hit him in the gut that there uh, weren't any weapons of mass destruction found. And that's just false. Uh, every uh, reliable inside account of Bush's response to being informed that there were no weapons of mass destruction was indifference. And uh understand there's an upcoming movie, might already be out, in some cities regarding the Valerie Plame, uh, Joe Wilson uh, nonsense that uh, oh, Bush apparently addresses peripherally in his uh, memoirs, but uh, not substantively, uh, the outing of Valerie Plame and the viciousness with which the White House um, employed to discredit Joe Wilson and expose Valerie Plame. Vicious is the only word to describe uh, their approach. Dishonest, and to quote uh, the infamous line from Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, there's a whole lot of mendacity involved here. And uh, any movie with uh, Naomi Watts and Sean Penn starring in the uh, roles of Joe Wilson and Naomi Watts has got to be pretty good, I would guess. Uh, those are two of the more... I think convincing mainstream uh, actors these days. And Sean Penn, needless to say, has done uh, great work over the years on behalf of the rational uh, liberal causes. Interesting that a, a deficit commission would come out with this uh, sort of explosive report, uh, sort of leaked, dumped onto the media. This past week, I'm not going to discuss too much of uh, their uh, recommendations at this point, because this will be a battle brouhaha over the next two years that will certainly affect the uh, 2012 elections and uh, most political discussions between now and then. Tom Coburn on this commission. 
Tom Coburn holding up uh, American hurricane or slash uh, earthquake, I should say, relief to Haiti. And, of course, it's now been reported that there are almost a 1,000 deaths in Haiti uh, the past couple of weeks due to a cholera outbreak uh, that's only going to get worse. And Tom Coburn is holding up this aid by himself. This is the kind of democracy we really live, on, live in, and the media has done uh, precious little to expose this hypocrisy. This guy's supposedly a doctor. Uh, he's holding up this aid with $1.9 billion of emergency aid over his dispute about a million dollars and some sort of really weird details about, you know, the American embassy down there. And uh, this is disgusting. This guy's a doctor, supposedly, and he's uh, in serious need of uh, reviewing his uh, Hippocratic oath, if not his congressional oath. Other morons to give out brain damage awards to real quick. Rush Limbaugh down in the muck of the uh, continuing racist approach of the right-wing media trying to smear both Nancy and Pelosi and uh, James Clyburn, uh, calling Clyburn essentially uh, driving Miss Nancy around that he was going to be a chauffeur for Nancy Pelosi. Well, that's been disposed with. Uh, Clyburn is actually going to maintain a position in the Democratic leadership. He's not going to be chauffeuring uh, Nancy Pelosi around. And, of course, these uh, sort of uh, insinuations of the racist uh, variety are all too common with both Rush Limbaugh and, of course, Glenn Beck. Uh, we've heard them repeatedly over the last couple of years talk about this uh, so-called Obama is a racist argument, that there's reverse racism occurring in the White House, uh, and Barack Obama's behind it. This is all nonsense, pure and simple. Daryl Issa. Uh, he's uh, eager to get his reins on the Government Oversight Committee, and he throws out the mo one of the most outrageous allegations I've ever heard. Completely irresponsible, completely false, and pure nonsense. He claims that Barack Obama, uh, quote, spent $700 billion of the stimulus money in so-called walking around money, which is an old... Uh, is old political jargon uh, for getting out the vote, and uh, this uh, is just factually false. The stimulus bill was about $780 billion. One-third of it, incidentally, was uh, actually devoted to middle-class tax cuts. Uh, One-third of it, roughly speaking, was devoted to direct aids to the states that many of them, has used, many of them have used as Band-Aids to... Uh, keep teachers, firefighters, policemen employed uh, to plug the hole. We're talking about bung plug all summer with the BP situation. Great news for BP. They're about to strike oil in the Libyan desert as they continue to search for more revenue around the globe. So he gets a brain damage award, and needless to say, Glenn Beck... In, frankly, some of the most racist, outrageous nonsense uh, to be heard on the public airwaves in quite some time, claiming that George Soros somehow participated in a uh, 
collaboration with the Nazis when he was a 14-year-old boy. It's just outrageous that this uh, guy can continue to be on the air. Uh, he's clueless. He's got mental problems. And uh, I caught about five minutes of him appearing on Bill O'Reilly's show on Fox. I occasionally peer over there uh, between commercials with what I'm watching. And he's gleefully talking about his special series on George Soros, the puppet master, who he claims is manipulating most of the liberal groups uh, in the world. Well, this, too, completely false and outrageous uh, anti-Semitic and racist nonsense from Glenn Beck. And these guys continue to be allowed uh, TV shows, uh, radio shows, etc., on the mainstream media. It may be time for substantial boycotts of the advertisers that uh, continue to peddle this right-wing propaganda and falsehoods. In a more interesting analysis of the election uh, that I didn't get around to last week, I found it uh, fascinating that uh, the week before the election, the New York Times had a little map uh, detailing the spending of outside groups in various uh, Senate and House races around the uh, the country. And in their little chart from the 30th of October, uh, the, basically the weekend before uh, the elections themselves, they list uh, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 12 groups, almost all of them Republican. And I did a little mini... Uh, um, a little mini uh, tally of the uh, where they were spending the money. The one group, by the way, that I listed as bipartisan in terms of spreading money into um, congressional elections, ironically, was the National Rifle Association. They apparently uh, only spent uh, $6 million as of uh, the last reporting uh, session, uh, and and they detail this uh, reporting from January 2009, which was basically when Barack Obama was inaugurated, uh, to the Friday right before the elections. And the National Rifle Association had actually uh, thrown in some money uh, into some uh, Democratic uh, congressional races, uh, not much in the Senate, just uh, one seat in Georgia. But uh, they were the only uh, major organization that you could call uh, bipartisan in terms of where they threw their money, and they ranked low down on the list. One of the more interesting organizations is an entity called the Americans for Job Security. They spent $8 million uh, donor limits, lists that... Um, there aren't any, and secret donors are allowed. So this anonymous money uh, made its way uh, throughout the uh, the campaign uh, in all sorts of ways. And roughly speaking, the Republicans uh, spent $105 million, and the Democratic organizations, which basically uh, almost half their money was spent by AFSME, which is the American Federation for State, uh, County, and Municipal Employees, basically a collection of uh, government unions around the country uh, who uh, spent money on behalf of Democratic candidates. Uh, 
unsuccessfully, I might add, because it seems the largest recipient of their money was actually Blanche Lincoln in Arkansas. <laughs> and she did not fare well at all. She, of course, got into the muckety-muck of health care debate, was destined for defeat because she was screaming about budget deficits uh, and totally missed the concept of health care reform. Uh, other big organizations, of course, uh, the Chamber of Commerce led the way with uh, $32 million uh, spent um, looking at their uh, map the, in the New York Times. I don't see them spending any money on the Democrats anywhere. There may be a congressional seat somewhere in Maryland that might have got some money, but uh, most of their money went to uh, trying to defeat uh, Patty Murray and uh, Barbara Boxer and, of course, uh, Charles Schumer and uh, Gillibrand in New York, Russ Feingold in Wisconsin, and uh, Julianus in Illinois, and, uh, of course, Joe Sestak in Pennsylvania. They spent the bulk of their money on Senate races and focused heavily on um, liberal Democrats that were either running for re-election or uh, challenging for open seats. Second on the list, Karl Rove's uh, political action organization called American Crossroads. Uh, the American Crossroads uh, euphemism has all sorts of symbolic implications. America, of course, is at a crossroads to some extent. And, of course, crosses have these secret uh, connotations regarding Christianity. Uh, he got uh, $7 million alone from Bob Perry and millions more from other corporations. He dumped over $5 million into the Colorado Senate race uh, in an attempt to defeat Michael Bennett. And uh, needless to say, uh, no uh, donor limits. Ironically, um, he actually apparently disclosed. Uh, there, uh, there's a very interesting... Graph. I don't know if I brought this in, but this is perfectly pertinent to this uh, uh, thing that I'm doing here on this uh, particular event regarding the the way in which the disclosure issue has completely changed. In, 19, in 2004, about 98% of the campaign uh, donors were required to disclose who they were. In this past election cycle, it was about 30 percent, and that is a direct result of the Citizens United case. Uh, very troubling uh, stuff. Um, I mentioned uh, the, uh, the the group, uh, where are they now, Americans for Job Security. Just a couple of uh, weeks ago, about six or seven weeks ago, it's very interesting that uh, there was a Senate debate on the floor. Um, this, of course, is where legislation has died over the past uh, couple of years, which is relatively pertinent to the um, Speaker Pelosi uh, brouhaha that uh, I don't think I'm going to talk about tonight. But it's interesting that they poured a lot of money into the uh, issue of shipping jobs overseas. They call their organization Americans for Job Security, but what they do is lobby on behalf of uh, 
multinational corporations to do just that. And the Senate had a, a vote on this in which the Republicans unanimously opposed the bill. Um, this is a debate over outsourcing. Mitch McConnell was quoted as saying, this is about pure, about as pure a political exercise as you can get. The way to get the United States businesses to produce more here isn't to tax them even further. It's to stop punishing them with our high corporate tax rate. More on that in the upcoming shows. The vote, needless to say, was 53 to 45, with uh, Democrats falling seven votes short of the 60 needed to bring the bill to the floor. This was a filibuster bill. The four Democrats joining um, the Republicans were Max Baucus of Montana, Ben Nelson of Nebraska, John Tester of Montana, and Mark Warner of Virginia, as well as Joe Lieberman. Uh, it's interesting uh, that I believe Tester Lieberman and Ben Nelson are all up for re-election uh, in 2012. It's interesting that the two Democrats from Montana uh, sided with the Republicans on this. This isn't surprising. And, of course, Ben Nelson, nothing surprising there. He uh, votes with the uh, uh, Republicans quite often, uh, Democrat from Nebraska. So uh, this is these are the kind of shenanigans that are used to stop uh, legislation from going forward. Uh, there's a, been a lot of criticism, a lot of inaccurate criticism, I would argue, about, you know, the performance of ja, of uh, of uh, of Obama and what he needs to do to, you know, recalibrate or rechart a, a course or change course or whatever. And I think Obama. Uh, has some problems, but they're not uh, insurmountable. And I think they're actually connected to political uh, finesse. Obama, I think, is pretty good on the policy ideas. There have been some lapses in the communications, and I think that can be fixed with maybe more dynamic spokesmen. Um, I think it's promising that Christine Romer already resigned from the Council of Economic Advisors because I don't think she was a particularly... Uh, inspiring economic spokesperson when she talked to the media. David Axelrod, another insider of the Obama administration, apparently is going to be leaving the White House soon to um, work on uh, Obama's uh, political reelection. And I think that's probably a good thing. He's probably better at running campaigns than uh, talking to the media about economic issues because he comes across unfortunately, as a uh, kind of a, I don't know what to call him, kind of a bureaucrat that works in the insurance industry or something. There's just nothing there. There's no spark there. There's no, he, you know, he's, he looks like a kind of a banker from London, that, you know, that wears those bowler hats to, you know, hide his receding hair or something. He's just not, you know, carries an umbrella and looks like one of those stiff dorks that you see in Monty Python sketches. Uh, it's just there's something wrong there. There's something missing there. And Obama's political decisions are, are, I think, somewhat connected to political inexperience. He doesn't seem to have the ability that a Lyndon Johnson or a uh, FDR had. Of course, they had much higher majorities when they were uh, transforming um, America for the most part in a positive way as it connects to Medicare, Social Security, the Civil Rights Act, etc. In fact, we heard a... Uh, story today about a 
a, a policeman from Alabama who was involved in a murder of a civil rights worker back in the 60s connected to the Voting Rights Act, and he's allowed to plead guilty to a misdemeanor and serve, you know, six months in the hole. I mean, this is outrageous that these are the kind of deals that are concocted. No justice there. Um, you know, Obama does need to, I think draw some lines about what he's going to support. He's been a little mushy and murky about this tax cut extension. And I would only point out that the Democrats need to stand up for the middle class tax cuts. It's uh, rather interesting that it's been uh, stated repeatedly that if they extend the Bush tax cuts, quote, unquote, permanently, which is the Republican position, that this will blow a $700 billion hole uh, in the deficit. And... You know, over the next 10 years, this is just something that Obama said in a 60 Minutes interview, we can't afford. So he needs to draw the line and communicate with the American people that he's not going to vote. He's not going to sign any uh, uh, extension of the middle of the Bush tax cuts with that included. It's either a middle class tax cut or it's nothing. And, you know, get serious about it. Draw the line. Of course, the reason that he's reluctant to do this is then there would be demagoguery claiming that um, the Democrats have raised your taxes. We're already hearing these talking points repeated in show after show after show. In fact, it's amazing. CNBC actually has a countdown clock to when the Bush tax cuts expire, leaving the impression with the American people that this is somehow an entitlement that millionaires need to uh, enjoy with the rest of us. And it's my understanding that the current proposal that the Democrats are making give millionaires and billionaires a tax cut on their first $250,000 of income, or uh, I've heard another proposal of up to $1 million. They're going to, everybody's going to get the tax cuts. Force the Republicans to filibuster the bill. You have to draw some lines in the sand. You have to get a little tougher. And Obama, I think, uh, can recalibrate and refocus on what needs to happen. You know, it's fascinating. He's taken all this abuse about the health care costs. And I uh, checked out a a chart showing uh, what's been happening with health care costs over the last decade. In other words, while the Republicans were running America. And you can see that uh, back when Bush assumed power in 2001, um, average employer contributions to, uh, you know, a family uh, receiving health care coverage through their employer in the employer-based system that's frequently used, individuals uh, uh, paid in about $1,800 and uh, the uh, employer contributions were about $5,000. So we're talking here about mm, you know, roughly $7,000 for a family of four. This has gone up over time under the Bush administration up to an average of close to $14,000 um, of total, uh, you know, that's what a health insurance policy costs for a family of four, with employ employers contributing about $9,000, but individuals now paying up to $4,000 
per year for their employer-based health coverage. This was a insurmountable problem that's just simply uh, why America has been losing manufacturing jobs, why America has been less competitive in the world economically, and Obama probably took way too much political abuse for the health care proposal that was passed because the legislation got messy, it was too time-consuming, there were too many compromises. There were basically, to use the old adage, too many cooks cooking the broth. Uh, too many cooks spoil the broth, right? That's why you have the head chef. He decides how to cook the food. We cook the food one way here. This is how we do it. Voila. That's been, that was the problem with the health care debate. There was poor communication. It took too long, and the uh, propaganda right-wing machine was allowed to um, basically just demagogue the issue t- to death. Fascinating in the Sunday New York Times, by the way, if you want to have a, uh, a better understanding of the... Uh, the deficit problem, as it relates to the deficit commission uh, with uh, Alan Simpson and, and Erskine Bowles leaking out this report. There's no final report, but this is the deficit commission that Obama appointed. By the way, the history of commissions in American history is, is not good. They have botched many investigations. It's ironic that Alan Simpson would use a, uh, a whaling uh, metaphor to describe what we've done here. We've, we're going to harpoon some whales and harpoon some minnows. I don't remember how harpoons work on minnows. And you can rest assured that there will be many minnows that will survive. It's not very promising when John Boehner comes out and his big proposal to save government money is to cut congressional pay by 20000 or whatever it is. I mean, do the math. It's, that's nothing. That doesn't do anything to... To, to deal with the deficit. I worked on my chart because uh, the New York Times has a brilliant spending and revenues option chart uh, to come up with the um, $1.345 trillion of cuts and revenue options that are required to close the budget deficit gap. Simple. Uh, what did I do? $15 billion, eliminate farm subsidies. $15 billion, eliminate earmarks. That's the big total about earmarks. And you hear an endless discussion about earmarks. It's $15 billion. Hasten the withdrawal from Iraq and Afghanistan. That would save $170 billion if you do this by 2013. That needs to be done. Reduce the Navy and Air Force fleets. $25 billion. Cancel some weapons programs like the F-35, $20 billion. Reduce military personnel by 200000 That means reduce troops occupying Europe and Asia, where we have 140 military bases scattered around the globe. And we have one in four people in poverty here at home. This country needs to start getting serious about where it spends the money, and the public needs to educate themselves where the money's being spent. And this is one of the problems. You hear endless nonsense about earmarks. Uh, And earmarks, by the way, peaked in uh, 2006 when the Republicans were in control. It was uh, up to about $18 billion, and over 10,000 various earmarks happened in 2006. 
Well, <clears throat> Jerry has just entered uh, the studios of WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, so he'll be up shortly here uh, with Yazoo City Calling uh, coming up next uh, right here on this fine station.